Hey everyone, it's Paul from the Frequency 49 show here. One of the things we love about this show is that it's free to listen to, for everyone, from anywhere. But free to listen to doesn't mean free to produce. There's cost involved in hosting the shows online, promoting the group, and getting guests for interviews. In the first year, we, the presenters, funded the show's costs, and now our hosting plan is up for renewal. To help expand the show and the group globally, we've decided on a crowdfunding option. We know times are tight, and for that reason, nobody is under any obligation to contribute. But if you feel you can help us out with the costs of running the Frequency 49 show, we would really appreciate it. Links to our GoFundMe page are in the show's description, and you can find out more about our crowdfunding there. Thanks for your time, and on with the show. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald, alongside Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill. Hello, guys. Hi, Paul. Hello. After the shortest possible rest between games and a 3,000-mile trip across the United States, the San Francisco 49ers took on the Carolina Panthers, the team with the second longest rest from the Week 1 games. Playing against the reigning NFL NFC champions in temperatures hotter than the surface of the sun was always going to make for a difficult game but the 49ers were far from the walkover that the Rams were in week one. Uh, we, all, uh, we all got to watch the game. It was a six o'clock game here in the UK for us all to watch on Sunday. What did you think, guys? Well, it wasn't... Obviously, it wasn't as good as the Rams game for us. Um, there were a couple of additional negatives compared to that game, but there were some promising signs in there as well. I think we were expected to be walked all over by Carolina and I think we did a quite good job with that. Um, we were in it fairly close until the fourth quarter. We got back within seven points within the fourth quarter uh, and then just gave away stupid points in garbage time. It was quite a hard fought game, wasn't it? The 49ers definitely, they, they definitely came to play. They weren't going to lie down at all. Do you think that the pundits literally just had the 49ers completely wrong before the season, Deepak? Um, not really, because all things said and done, um, we, we have got a very, very difficult schedule. Um, we've got a lot of drama going off um, in the locker room and elsewhere in the club. So, And then a contentious head coach. So, you know, a lot of different things working against us. So I don't think the pundits got it quite wrong. But I, I think, as you alerted earlier, you know these were it was it was very difficult for us to go and play in Carolina in the heat, the travel and the relatively short amount of rest. So those factors automatically work against you. Uh, but to play the way that they did, I think you've got to look at it from a couple of different directions. One, it's fantastic that we got off to a really strong start and a shutout as well against the Rams. That, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the fact that we kept the game competitive and it kept the fans' interest in the game is a is a huge bonus because I think Kev mentioned in the very first podcast that we did for this season is that you know we'd rather lose close games than get thrashed every single weekend and you know I th I think Carolina made the game unnecessarily close but that's not to take away the fact that we capitalized and took advantage of their mistakes and. Um, 
had it not been for a couple of mistakes of our own, you know, it could have been a different outcome in that game. So um, I, I, I think as fans, you know, we, we should be encouraged by the fact that we remain competitive and it was a watchable game. And, you know, it's no disgrace to go to the home of the NFC champions in their own backyard and, and give a good account of ourselves, which is what we did. But then the, the nitty gritty and when you lift the, the bonnet up and really have a, a good <coughs> scrutiny of, of how that game played out, uh, the, the, there are more questions than answers, unfortunately. There's still definitely room for improvement. Um we you know we said this after the Rams game we didn't want to go with negatives because because of the result um yesterday obviously it was a loss and again there was, there was a need for improvement Gabbert again wasn't as accurate as we would like him to be 17 of 36 for 243 yards two TDs but there was two interceptions as well um Carlos Hyde he was used quite a lot yesterday but to very little effect, wasn't he? Uh, the Carolina Panthers definitely knew how to shut down Carlos Hyde. And beyond that, for the running game, we didn't really have anything else, did we? Well, you've got to give Carolina some props for that because they know that you know, Blaine Gabbert is an okay quarterback. He's not going to set the world on fire. He's not Drew Brees or, or, or one of those guys. So they knew that uh, historically we've had a, a, a decent rushing game. So if they cut the rushing game out, there's every chance that the passing game won't go to plan. And, um, and that's sort of how it played out, right? You know, I mean, those numbers by Gabbert, they're not great. But could, could, we, could, could we have somebody in our... And I don't want to open the can of worms here, but we're going to have to at some point. Do we have anybody in our depth chart who would have performed substantially, significantly better? And uh, I personally don't believe we do. Mm. Obviously, the, the QB controversy rolls on. Uh, Gabbert has the starting position. Colin Kaepernick, whatever's going on, we, we hear that the front office wants rid of Kaepernick, but Chip Kelly wants to keep Kaepernick. Quite possibly the front office is winning that battle because so far in two games, Colin Kaepernick's been used for one offensive series, and that was in garbage time in a game that they won 28-0. Christian Ponder is also on the, the roster. Do you think that we could see a change pretty soon? Do you think that we could move away from Gabbard, from the Gabbert experiment and maybe we could see Ponder on the field? Well, let's look at this um, sort of logically. So the next game we play is, um, is in Seattle, away mm. to Seattle. And even when, in inverted commas, we were a dominant NFC team, and went to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. Seattle were the only team that owned Colin Kaepernick. Um, I don't see anything that would change that if Kaepernick was to play instead of Blaine Gabbert. Mm. And for that reason alone, I mean, we've seen Cap look shell-shocked after playing the Seahawks. They are literally stunned. Um, so I don't think the time to, to mess around with who starts at QB will be the next home game because... Yeah. Seattle is a winnable game. They mm. lost against the Rams. We annihilated the Rams. Seattle could have easily lost against Miami, but they didn't. You know, yeah. So we have to fancy our chances, even though it is Seattle and it is away. I don't think this is the type of game where we need to start messing around with quarterbacks because it, it is a legitimate win. And let's be honest, who wouldn't take two and one going into week four? Mm. 
Um, Kev, a um, couple of the guys on the Facebook group have been commenting on the uh, on the QB situation. Andrew Mitchell, is it time for Cap to start? Uh, Rob Newell, no to Cap starting. In fact, he thinks he might well be traded soon. Um, Daryl Hanman, Cap is not starting outside of an injury. End of. Do you think Cap's time is up now at the 49ers, Kev? I don't see how he's going to get back in as a starting quarterback. Unless there is an injury, or unless... Even with an injury, do you not think that they're just going to skip Kaepernick and go straight to Christian Ponder now? The depth chart would suggest otherwise. Mm. And the fact that he came on and played in garbage time in week one, if you were going to do that and not have him as the actual backup quarterback, you'd have brought Ponder on for that. But I think... The, the question that we really need to ask is, you know, um, if we are rebuilding, you know, we need to rebuild with the, with the nucleus of players that are going to be part of a winning team. And the NFL is very much a quarterback's league. If you look at the Mannings, Eli and Peyton, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, I've mentioned him earlier, you know, these are quarterbacks that have stayed in one place for a very, very long time. So it is a quarterback's league. Now, Let's see, if we are rebuilding, do we have three quarterbacks? Um, pick any one of those three that could actually lead us into winning and success and NFC championships, playoffs, that sort of thing. So my question is, you know, are we really rebuilding without the actual instruments that we need to rebuild with? And not to mention the fact that we've got a general manager who should have left four seasons ago and he's still yeah. here, you know. So... How can we rebuild? You know, we, we, we've got gaps at every major skill position except for Navarro Bowman, you know, and he can't play forever. So, you know, it, the, the quarterback contra, controversy will, will eventually melt when once Kaepernick either is traded or he decides he, he's too injured. And, well, he doesn't decide that. If he's injured, he's injured and he can't play. You know, and I really hope that he isn't injured. You know, I really don't want that for him. But, you know, we, we, we really are playing with quarterbacks that aren't going to make significant damages uh, or significantly carry us to victory to NFC championships or to a Super Bowl. So the question is, who is going to be the quarterback that will lead this team to that position? You know, is he on our roster already or is it somebody that we'll have to draft? And then if it is somebody that we have to draft, then there's a time it takes to develop that player. So... What we really need to think about is, as a fan's perspective, yes, we have to enjoy these games, but when does the rebuild actually happen? And until we get rid of that general manager and have a, a nucleus of, of skilled players that we can develop, we can't really rebuild. We're just playing out another season like we did under Tom Sula. David Young, has um, he's agreed with what you've said, really. Um, he doesn't think that our QB for next season is on the roster yet. He doesn't say whether... He thinks the 49ers will bring in a QB from somewhere else or whether we'll draft one. Um, just that he's not on the roster yet. Um, David's actually a bit disappointed with the reaction to last night's effort. Um, some fans would have us believe that it was we came a close second. Team's in transition. Um, while we have Bulky as GM, this team's going nowhere. Um, he adds, when, when was the last time you saw New England winning re rebuild mode? Um, a slightly different uh, different comment. Mark Lyon 
<laughs> he wants us to adopt a new hashtag. Instead of sevens, not threes, he thinks that's run its course. The new hashtag should be hands, not ankles. <laughs> Alluding to uh, uh, Blaine Gabbert's accuracy there. Um, so thanks for that. Thanks for, to everybody that's, um, that sent in messages. Uh, Deepak, why were you talking about the Raiders? Crabtree scores for the Raiders, Bolden scores for the Lions, and we're struggling to hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Very, um, <laughs> very literate. Uh, and I just thought um, to add extra to that, and Frank Gore also scored for the Indianapolis Colts last night. Yes. And what a so, score it was. That ma- yeah, it was. <laughs> that man can <laughs> ballet dance. <laughs> but let, in, enough talking about those games. Let's get back to yesterday's game because we, we kind of went off on a tangent. The 49ers, what can we say? They came in there. They, they did make it a game. The run game just was not working. Um, Gabbert completed nine uh, completed passes sorry, to nine different receivers throughout the game, 11 different targets. But his accuracy still wasn't entirely there. The defense were on the field a hell of a long time yesterday, weren't they? They were um, overused, let's say. Um, and d- does that make sense to you? Because realistically, Carolina Panthers... They're normally quite a quick offense, aren't they? Anyway, why why was the why was our defense left on the field so long? That's a, a really good question because one of the hallmarks of the Chip Kelly offense is that the, the offense takes far more snaps than any other team does. You know, so they're on the field longer, but obviously our offense wasn't longer, and and you can tell that the defense was tired because there was an opportunity for them to make a huge sack on um, on the camp. Cam Newton, and he was in the grasp, and he still got away. You know, that would have been a massive sack. Uh, I can't remember what happened as a result of the next play. I think they punted. But, you know, we, we have got a decent defense. We, we shut out the Rams, for example. You know, I mean, yes, it's just the Rams, but still a shutout in the NFL is pretty good going, no matter who you're playing against. So we have got a decent defense, but, you know, if they're going to be on the field all day, um, I think we gave up, what, 500-plus yards? That's, you know, and the offense didn't really move the chains either. So, like I said earlier, when you when you look under the hood of what really happened yesterday, the, there are more questions than answers. And, you know, without po- pointing fingers at anyone, you know, the thing that impressed me most was that the team did try their hardest. And very importantly, they looked as if they were wanted to play for Kelly. You know, they, they were fairly unified. And, and that is important because... Chip Kelly deserves that opportunity to have the respect of the players and they want to play for him, you know, and, and I think the players showed him that. And, and I think as 49er fans, we need to take that as a huge positive that, hey, look, you know, it was unnecessarily close for Carolina. I think when they review the film, there'll be heads rolling. But at the same time, you know, we, we did our best to keep it competitive and, and we deserve some credit for that. Uh, as you said, the 49ers, uh, 529 yards uh, they gave up the 49ers' defense. They only registered one sack and three QB pressures on um, on Cam Newton, though. What can the defense, well, what can the whole team do better to make sure that we're not relying on the defense so much, Kev? I think looking at some of the drives that we had, I think... I would question some of the play calling because there was a, certainly one of the 
garbage time drives that we tried. The uh, the M NFL summary of the drive, I think, shows how we were trying to play that. It said, short pass left, incomplete. Short pass middle, incomplete. Short pass right, incomplete. Interception. And it's like there's too many repetitive plays in there. So yeah. run, 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 or short pass, short pass, short pass. And that leaves you then with a third and long or on fourth down when you're trying to force the ball. And that's what causes you to turnovers. But those plays are all sort of high percentage plays, aren't they? Short pass or swing pass into the, out of the backfield, you know, short passes up the middle, you know. Vance McDonald actually flattered Gabbard's stats with that long TD run, you know. But at the same time, he cancelled it by completely flubbing a perfectly catchable ball that he could have taken into the end zone. So, I th and I think again, like I've said before, when you really scrutinise what went wrong, that's when it becomes a little clearer. For us to fail consistently on so many sort of high percentage plays, the basic bread and butter plays, the game management type plays, that shows that it's either a lack of ability or an inability to execute, you know. And these are the things that I'm really hoping that they'll be putting right because just executing the simple things, the basic things and, and getting those right will to some degree or another put you in a better position to win a game of football. Uh, Gav Burton has said that we need to stop the lateral passes on third and long. That's one of the things that we suffered with last season, wasn't it? Third and long and we were going for a short two-yard pass, a short three-yard pass. It just didn't make any sense whatsoever. He continues, uh, the Vance McDonald touchdown flattered his overall stats, but he was out there too long to be efficient. We've agreed with that. The pass rush was non-existent, but still created turnovers. Special teams was decent enough for Gavin. Um, what else have we got? I'm just looking through some of the questions that we've had coming in. Um, Nathaniel James, you know it's early, but will the 49ers make the playoffs? It's an interesting one with this division, isn't it? The division's all tied up now. Each of the four teams has won one game, lost one game. Chances are we would see the Arizona Cardinals winning this division. Do you think that the, 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 a wild card will come out of the NFC West when all is said and done at the end of this season? Wow, that's a really good question. Can the 49ers make the playoffs? I mean, at the start of the season, I thought, predicted us to win between sort of four and six matches. If we do that, we're doing okay. But we've already won one of them. And we've got a game that we could have won yesterday on any other given Sunday and a game on Sunday that we could potentially win. You know, granted, these are all divisional games as well. Uh, I don't know if we've got enough in the tank to actually make a playoff berth. But I think if we, if we go into two and one and have a bit of belief and that sort of intangible quality that a team needs to trust and believe in each other picks up momentum then there could be a few more surprises and let's not forget you know we do have well, the harder schedule in the league nobody's got a an easier schedule than we have you know we've got the hardest schedule in the league so possible i'd be delighted if we did but i'd also be um surprised if we did but you just never know yeah, and I think if you look across, I think Arizona obviously look really good. 
I think you take it outside of that, possibly the Vikings and the Packers. But outside of that, I've not seen anything in the first two weeks from anybody else in the NFC to suggest there's decent teams out there. So if we can plod along and I wouldn't be surprised if an 8-8 eight and eight team made the wild card from the NFC this season. Okay. Well, uh, last week, because it was just uh, myself and Kev, there was no two-minute drill. But we now have Deepak uh, back on the show as well. Are you guys ready for the two-minute drill? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> All right. Hold your ears. Do we need to be more aggressive on play calling, Deepak? Uh, yes, in certain situations. Um, what I mean by aggressive is that we sometimes need to take keep the defense more honest rather than trying to attempt a simple high percentage play, uh, especially on third down. You know, we need to go for it and move the chains instead of the lateral passes. Kev, can the D continue to play lights out? Yes. Okay, Deepak, what player from the past would make the biggest difference if we plucked them up and placed them straight into the team right now? Uh, Andy Lee. No. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you can edit that out. Um, what player? Steve Young. You've got a blocker, fullback, running back, quarterback, receiver all in one. Kev, Vance or Vernon? Ooh, Vernon. Deepak, does this team have what it takes to come from behind? I actually believe with all of my heart that yes, it does. And Kev, should Steve Young do the colour commentary for the 49ers for the rest of the season? <laughs> if it means that Joe Book isn't, yes. Deepak, what should the 49ers do to avoid the third quarter collapse? Uh, make sure they play good, honest football in the first two quarters, you know, and make sure that they execute, do the right things, do the fundamentals, and take a few risks as well, and take the game. Keep the defenses up, honest, because our D can play lights out, we know this, but I think it's time for our offense. Yes, it's bereft of real talent, and Carlos Hyde is not a marquee running back, okay? He's a decent running back, but he's mediocre in the grand scheme of things. So. The offense needs to take some risks and make some risks because we need a, a big play creator. You know, we, we haven't got an explosive uh, running back. We don't have a, a receivers that can gain separation. We don't have a tight end that can not only get separation, but grab the ball and run with it. You know, so we need those guys to step up and make a big play. Okay, the two-minute drill ended about four minutes ago. <laughs> Deepak, you know the two-minute drill? It's not two minutes per question. <laughs> I'm it's a, sorry, but... It's a, I know, I know. I've got two more people, questions. Go on. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. It, it goes. It's a reflection on the quality of the, the people that are asking questions. They're very, very knowledgeable. And they're asking very, very good questions and very intelligent questions that deserve a little bit more of, uh, of an answer. Okay. I've got two more questions that I want to ask. These are my questions, so we're going to see how long your answers are to these ones. If these answers are 30, uh, 30 minutes long, I, I go down as one of the intelligent question askers. If these, if these questions are two seconds long, we know what that means. Uh, Kev, do the four, does the 49ers schedule still look 
as tough as it did two weeks ago. Yes. Is that less than two seconds? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. That's it. Deepak, which NFL team has surprised you, good or bad, so far this season? Um, gosh. Uh, the Raiders have surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I expected them to take care of business against the Falcons. Uh, the Patriots, without Tom Brady, they've got that new kid, that gruffle up a lot, a lot, a lot. They did have until he got injured last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but look, just a word on that. He was outstanding while he was playing. And it looks to me as if he's been groomed to take over from Tom Brady or somebody can walk in, fill in Tom Brady's shoes, carry on and, and do a job as if nothing's happened, you know. So, um, you know. That, that's where we should be at, and hopefully we will we will be. But but the, the Raiders disappointed me. I, I expected them to run away with the AFC this year. Uh, but you don't do that by losing to Atlanta, do you? So there you go, listeners. Yeah. Two questions, two different responses from Kev. One word from Deepak, war and peace. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. More than happy for, uh, for that to happen. Uh, Kev, you were going to say something on that, though, as well. Yeah, just the Raiders' point. So they had a look like they had a promising defense, yet they're giving up over 500 yards per game. So there's something not quite right there. No, it's all right. It's the Raider way. <laughs> 500 yards a game, you know. <laughs> as long as you accumulate over 600, they don't care about how many they concede. We're going to score one more than you. That isn't yeah, that's New Orleans's way of playing, yeah, isn't it? True. And they are a one-man team, aren't they? It's just Drew Brees now keeping that team together. They're on their way out. Yeah. And um, we're, we're going to see a scramble for QBs. You know, there is a, a need for decent quality quarterbacks. And I think we have the edge in that because of all these draft picks that we've got. You know, just stick the mortgage on a kid, groom him properly, let somebody like Kelly, if he's going to stay, stay, let him coach. Don't just fire him after a season, but let him groom a kid to learn his offense because it is complicated and it requires a cerebral type of football player. You know, it requires intelligence. But, you know, if he can get players to execute his offense, then maybe we can get those big plays and those high-risk plays that count when it matters that we haven't had for a very long time. Uh, we are coming to the end of the show now. Uh, I just want to give a quick, uh, a quick mention and a, a big thank you to one of our Frequency 49 show listeners, Kiefer Meredith, who has done an absolutely storming job of advertising the Frequency 49 show around different groups, introducing so many listeners from around the world to the Frequency 49 show and getting them to join our group as well. The numbers are going up um, quite astoundingly, to be honest. Um, I never thought we'd have as many listeners as we do right now. And a lot of that is down to Kiefer Meredith. So thank you very much for that, Kiefer. Your work has not gone unnoticed. Um, and everybody, if, if you want to share the group, if you want to share the shows um, with people that you know, 49ers, even if they're not 49ers fans, if they're just NFL fans and they just want to listen in as well, please feel free to share the show out. Um, the more listeners, the merrier. We are going to be back uh, later on this week when we're going to have our preview of the Seattle Seahawks matchup when we go and face the 12th man. 
Uh, but that is it for this episode of the show. Thanks to audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell for his continued work on the Wide Right blog. Thanks to James Little for running our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Thanks to our researcher Mark Lyon for compiling the stats for today's show. Gavin Sutton and Kat Victorino for the two-minute drill questions. And thanks to Graham Ross, who is editing the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook, search the Frequency49 show. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye, boys. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. On behalf of Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill, I've been Paul MacDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.